Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Welcome to season two, episode five of Unmuted. Thank you guys for tuning in to each and every single one of you that's tuning in live. Look at all these beautiful people. Sandy, Zutom, Les Cobra, Belfagor, Craggers, uh, Ahmed Khalil is in the house. Bone Driven Mind, you guys you guys are all uh, coming out to party. How's it going, you guys? Welcome to this uh, very, very special episode of, of the podcast. I'm super excited uh, to have uh, to have our guest on today. Um, you guys know that uh, because, because this is live, if you do have any questions, there's a little question redeem. We'll turn it on when the time is right. And, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be hanging out uh, for a little bit while after the uh, the podcast is over. So um, so stick around, stick around, and uh, yeah, it's good to see you guys here. Our guest is Peter Tactigren. I'm gonna ask him about the last name when he comes in here. <laughs> you guys know exactly who it is. Uh, Pain Hypocrisy Lindemann. He's been uh, a, a legendary figure in the metal scene. Uh, whether it was uh, in front of uh, in front of it, on stage, I was going to say in front of the camera. I'm so used to the cameras. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Whether it was him on stage or uh, or behind the scenes uh, producing the uh, the bands, has uh, been an integral part of uh, of of the scene. So we're uh, we're going to hit the intro and get Peter in here. You guys ready? I want to see someone say. I, I want the chat to explode. Just be like, we're all ready. Bring some fire up in the chat. That's how we do. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hit the intro. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, cheers, everybody. How you doing? Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you for being here. It's uh, it's an absolute honor. I've um, I've, I've been uh, a little nervous, a little excited, a little uh, a little bit of everything. As you can see, the 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 people in the chat can control my lights and and do a bunch of things on screen. So they're throwing up uh, the uh, the drinks and 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 throwing up the party lights. Um, yeah, but, perfect. Uh, What's up, first everybody? Qu first question is: How are you? How have you been? I'm good. Uh, how have I been? Uh, very good. It's been um, uh, when the COVID closed down, like in, what was it, in the beginning of 2020, uh, I just took took a long rest for a half a year. And then I started cleaning up things I had on my uh, shoulders, you know, fixing the new hypocrisy. Also, this next project that I'm working on and even got two paint songs out. So. Uh, well, I just needed a little bit of rest, and I think uh, I, I'm back to start working again. So th that's that's where uh, kind of where I wanted to kick things off is about six months before uh, before the world lost its mind and everyone <laughs> everyone was in lockdown. Uh, yeah. Hypocrisy came uh, to to Dubai for the very first time, to the Middle East for the very first time, as yeah. far as I know, and. Um, and it was it was a huge milestone for uh, not only for, for for the band but for for the scene here to have a band uh, of that stature kind of come and play a show here, and then oh, and then okay. all hell broke loose after that. Yeah. So yeah, exactly because we had more plans, you know, to come back yeah. again with uh, pain and stuff. So uh, yeah, it is what it is. But you know, hopefully things will uh, open up a little bit, so maybe we can come back. I mean, we're ready. For sure. I, I wanted to ask you a, a little bit about uh, we're we're a Middle Eastern uh, based uh, podcast here. We're based in Dubai, and I, I want to ask yeah. you about the perception of of the Middle Eastern metal scene, if you had any at all, 
uh, before coming here. How uh, how was yeah. the, how was your information about the Middle Eastern metal scene that, back then? I know there's some some really good bands that I unfortunately now I'm starting to think about name, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> anyhow I, I know there's a lot of good bands out there from the Middle East and a lot of fans as well. You know they came from far away uh, to Dubai when we played and uh, it, it was such an honor you know to get as close as possible you know to everybody doesn't matter which part of the world but yeah. for us it was definitely the first time in, in the middle east and we understood also we have fans there as well so you know for me it, it was it was a great time you know and i really hope we can come back it's uh, the, the the best explanation i've heard so far is uh dubai is kind of like our own little mini vakan where uh, yeah. <laughs> where the middle east kind of flocks to the shows yeah. here because it's allowed because you know in lebanon it's it's a yeah. sepultura get canceled all that stuff jordan it's yeah. a mess and uh the entire middle east kind of flocks to this uh, this one city to to play yeah. shows and uh, and watch bands and stuff like that yeah uh, i mean it's i mean dubai is is amazing you know it's it's like uh, science fiction when you go there it's it's so different from a lot of places i mean for me there's like three places in the world that you know really blows my mind is it's like just the way they look it's like tokyo uh, it's yeah. dubai and it's las vegas you know these three cities are just like wow <laughs> yeah it's so different from any other places in the world yeah i remember when you guys were here you got to uh, you got to experience some uh, some of the the touristy stuff you guys uh, went out yeah. went out with the uh uh, the promoter at the time, Josine. And by the way, if you guys uh, didn't know, uh, this episode was made uh, possible by Josine. So a massive shout yeah. out to Jabber and, and all those guys. Uh, is uh, is it what you uh, what you would have expected? Do you think back then? Uh, we didn't know what to expect, to be honest. You know, since you'd never been there, uh, you only see pictures and stuff like that. And, uh, but you know, we got really good taken care of. You know, we went to safaris, we went to boat cruises, we went to really good restaurants and, you know, got the culture. And uh, for us, it was just super great. He's a good host, you know, not only he's a good a, guy to, to, to put on shows, you know, he's yeah. also a good guy, a good friend. Shout out, shout out to Jabba. And uh, we, uh, we, you briefly said that, um, you know, before, uh, before the lockdowns, before the world lost its mind kind of thing, uh, you yeah. were uh, looking forward to doing more uh, in the Middle East, and uh, and yeah. pain would have been something that you would have uh, liked to like to see here. Is um, yeah. is is there a difference between playing shows and touring uh, as hypocrisy versus uh, versus pain? I've never I've always wondered that. Like, is there a different energy when it when it comes to the two different bands? Yeah, a little bit, but I I think I'm pretty lucky that I have a lot of hypocrisy fan. Not a lot, but I have. Hypocrisy fans that likes pain as well, and also the opposite. So uh, it's only like out on each side, you know. Maybe the more extreme uh, fans, you know, they don't like pain because for them it's maybe too 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 girlish, or whatever you want to call it, too poppy or too disco or whatever. But on the pain side, you know, all the way on the end, hypocrisy is too extreme for them, so they can't listen to it. So, but somewhere in the middle there. You know, I, I feel like I have a lot of comment uh, fans there. Uh, live, it's a little bit different. I would say, uh, uh, 
of course, hypocrisy has a little bit more crazy crowd, you know, with the mosh pits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, pain, I would say you have a lot more girls in the crowd. I guess it's because it's more commercial. So, but other than that, I mean, it's for me, I don't care which band I'm standing up on stage with. It's just the, 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 the energy that you get from the crowd. That's so great. Yeah, I've heard I've heard people talk about you in a way where it's almost um, I, I think you even used this uh, th this word uh, when when we talked about how you segregate the two different creative outputs for you. You said uh, it's almost schizophrenic where it's like two different people at, at parts where, uh, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the the guy that writes for hypocrisy is, is almost not the same guy that writes for pain. Is that uh, still ringing true? Yeah. I mean, it's still me, and I mean, I like all kinds of music, you know, anything from super extreme metal to Frank Sinatra or Shania Twain or whatever, and everything in between there. So, um, for me, the first time I started with uh, with Pain was because I had new ideas in in the mid '90s, and uh, you could hear that on the Abducted album, the two last songs. It was actually something I just did on the side because I started to discover I can write more stuff than just the death metal at that time. And I didn't want to screw up hypocrisy, how, how it sounded. So I wanted to uh, do a different band. So a little bit like that, that's how Pain came up. And also, of course, I, I wanted to uh, uh, produce bands that use uh, computers and, and uh, samplers and stuff like that. And so I had to create Pain just to be able to do that because I had no other bands. It was just mainly death uh thrash and black was recording with me and there was no drum loops or anything that you know yeah. still isn't so so that that's mainly the main reason with pain and after that it just started becoming fun to write something different with the with the plethora of bands that you uh, you've produced you've seen some bands uh from the very beginning uh like yeah. uh like a bunch of bands were were up and comers yeah. up until uh, uh they, they became headliners do you feel like yeah. um, as a producer, you you are vested in, in those guys? Like, do you do you watch their growth? Do you like seeing them, uh, their journey and, and what they go on to do after that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm proud. It, it feels like you're some kind of, a, you know, the the fifth member or sixth member. I mean, I, we saw with uh, Dima Borger, I never heard of them before they came to my studio. And I, as we were recording, I was like, oh, this is not not bad at all, you know. And then uh, when it came out, it just exploded everywhere. And um, so, I mean, also Amon Amort came to me we, because they had some problems in the other studio. So they just uh, took a chance. Oli called me and was like, hey, can we record with you? We're at this studio and it's all messed up and blah, blah, blah. So they recorded their first uh, mini album with me, I think. And you see where they are now, you know, uh, so yeah. it's, it's great to see all these bands. And also I had a, the opportunity to do like reunion recordings as well in the 90s and 2000. And the latest one was the, the latest Possessed album, you know, yeah. the last one was out, what, 87 or something like that. It was a long time ago. So it was great to do this reunion kind of thing. I mean, it's only Jeff left, but still, you know, uh, same with Celtic Frost in mid 2000s. That was also something great to be a part of and uh, destruction. So, I mean, th there's been so many 
cool bands I've been able to work with, and I, I feel really that I'm lucky. So going from working with bands to um, writing, recording, tracking, mixing yourself, uh, are, are you harder on, on bands or on yourself as a producer? I think I'm harder on myself. <clears throat> I mean, I, I know, uh, I usually know how much you can push a musician, uh, you know, to do the best drum track he can do or guitarist or vocalist or whatever. But when it comes to myself, uh, I don't know how far to push myself. I know I get like uh, sometimes uh, aggravated, depressed, you know, when I can't do what I ha have my mind set to. So it's easier to produce other bands for sure. Yeah, I can. I, I can't imagine. Uh, well, obviously, I'm uh, I'm no producer myself, but um, the idea of of turning that mirror 100% back on yourself as a performer yeah. and then stepping outside. <laughs> to me, that's uh, that's mind-boggling. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you sit in the studio and, and, and you, um, you know, just creating things. And, you know, a year later, you're standing on stage and playing that song. That's fantastic, you know, to, to sit with a shell of nothing. You know, most of the stuff I do always comes up in in my mind i write i don't sit with a guitar or keyboard or anything when i write i write the riffs in my head or melodies and then i go to the studio and lay it down so um and then i just start building around it and all of a sudden you have a song so for me that's still interesting after all these years you know i don't we, i'm not so interested on on selling or what people think left and right you know what's in and what is not in i just really amazed how, how a, a little melody in your head can just bring up so much emotions for you see reactions as well you know but first of all it's for yourself we uh, we have a we have a little um made-up word in uh, in my band we call it demotia when the demo is uh, is a thousand percent stuck in your head yeah. that if anything during the recording process or anything changes it sounds completely wrong because we're so uh, attached yeah. to the demo does that still apply when the riff is written in your head? Uh, no, but when when you do demos and then you set out to, okay, now I'm gonna record everything, you know, now I'm gonna set the sounds and blah, blah, blah. Usually the demos comes out better than the um, the actual songs when you do it for the album, unfortunately. I think you dare to do, do much more stuff on a demo. And when you're uh, doing an album, you get kind of stiff. I think, you know, you, you're more like concerned that, oh, it has to be good and it has to sound like this. Sometimes sloppy demos, you know, really untight and whatever gives it a better feeling, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can I can imagine that being being the case. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I, I, you, poli you polish the song or the songs too much for the album. So it kind of loses it, its soul. So I, I'm really... It's the same thing when I produce bands and they send me pre-productions uh, and they always ask me, hey, what do you think? What do you think? I didn't listen yet. And they call back again. It's like, did you listen now? No. I wait till the last moment before you go into the studio, like a week before I start listening to the songs. And I only listen once because the first impression lasts. Yeah. If I listen more and more and more and more, um, the things I thought was wrong uh, at the, the first time listening, they will kind of disappear 
you know so i rather keep it very fresh with the pre-production because then i know exactly what oh this is wrong you should do like this blah 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 and then you start recording the song and then you go to the next song from the from the demo or pre-production and you do the same thing again because if you listen too much you get used to it yeah yeah i um i i read somewhere or, or maybe i heard it somewhere where you said uh do I, I do everything half good instead of one thing really good um yeah and i was curious when i when i heard that uh if if you were to introduce yourself for the very first time um how, what, what what instrument or, or what line because you do a lot of things at the same time what what yeah. would you introduce yourself as what's the title uh drummer i would say <laughs> so uh <laughs> I mean, that's how I started, and uh, I guess that's, you know, how my son started as well. And I see now he's moving away from that. He's sitting and playing more guitars and stuff like that, and he's writing music as I did as well. So I, I guess it's good to be a drummer, you know, when you build songs and things. I think it has a little advantage. I, I'm not a good um, guitarist. I'm not a good bass player. I'm not a good keyboard player or whatever. But I guess, you know, uh, I, I don't feel like practicing. When I was a kid, I used to practice six, eight hours a day on drums and stuff till I got to a certain point. And then it wasn't good. It was not good enough because I couldn't write music with my drums. So I started playing guitar. So yeah. whatever I wrote, that was what I could, you know, do on a guitar. And it's sometimes still today, I, I try to keep it very minimal because I'm afraid to change my style of writing music if I become too good, maybe get yeah. too complex and too weird. So I, I'd rather have it very uh, simple. I, I think I, I love simple music, like ACDs, there's nothing better, you know, yeah. for me. So it's that's really how I think and I hate practicing, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> You uh, you mentioned your son is uh, how how is working with with Sebastian because uh, going from a producer that's done a ton of bands and you've done your own work uh, I I have a I have a one and a half year old I'm brand new to the game but I can't comprehend the idea of having uh, being able to to work with with your kid how how has yeah. that been so yeah, far Yeah it, it's it's really science fiction in the beginning I remember first time we played together on stage uh we just jumped in as uh, special friends because uh, it was a band who had a a re release party so they asked if i could play five songs like three hypocrisy songs and two pain songs and i'm like yeah but you know horg is in norway and blah, blah blah and my kid was like 13 or 14 and he's like i'll do it so i said okay so that was the first time we worked together he was sitting and putting on the back tracks for the keyboards on like fracture millennium or whatever things like that and he was clicking and let's go you know and uh, that's how we started first and then um when he was set uh, 17 or something like that 18 when i did um, coming home i asked yeah. him if he wanted to put drums on there because he's so good drumming you know it's for me, it's easier to sit behind the glass and record someone instead of I have to program, run into the drums and then sit and, and play it. And if I fuck up, I have to do it again. So it's easier yeah. to have another drummer. And since Sebastian is a very good drummer, uh, the, he had a great time. And then I said, now you're ready to go on tour. So he was actually 18 when, when he went with me on uh, the pain tour for coming home. We did like four or five tours on that one. So yeah. And also, he uh, I brought him into Lindemann 
so he played drums on that live. And so, I mean, it's a hell of a drummer. That's for sure. Was he on? Uh, was he on uh, uh, "Party in My Head"? Uh, this uh, this last yeah. single that uh, you yeah. guys released. I want to I want to talk a little bit about that because um, I find it I find it funny that we're uh, we're talking on a, on a Zoom call. Uh, yeah. And and in that video, it's it's exactly what you're what you're talking about this this new yeah. reality that we've uh, we've come to know. Can you give us a little bit about the how how that song came uh, came to be? Yeah, um, we had a. a... because he said that word. So it was, it was magic. It just went very fast. And I wrote what I felt over these uh, lock up days and shit. So it just came natural. It's no um, Einstein lyrics. It's just pure fact, I would say. And uh, I, with the music, I, I just put it on afterwards. I wrote the, the melody afterward. And then I put on the basic tones under the melody and, and the vocals and swoosh, I had a song. Now, uh, for, for those that have seen the, the video, there's uh, there's a bunch of Easter eggs in there, uh, yeah. a couple of a couple of throwbacks. And oh, um, yeah. it, it felt it felt very um, appropriate. I don't know if I'm if I'm reading too into this as, as a fan, but like it felt like the the natural arc of things to go that uh, that that all, all the i'm not going to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it but those easter eggs were there the at yeah. least the milk carton for for those that saw that little snippet um yeah. it, was that intentional yeah it was the manage uh, manager's idea to, to put in all these easter eggs and uh rq codes and, and small things here and there so um, it made it a lot more interesting to watch you know because you, you discover something new all the time and why not do that you know, instead of just doing a straight video. So it was fun. And, you know, we brought back some some things 20 years ago with pain video. So that's cool. I'm not going to spoil it either. So <laughs> you guys got to go check it out. It's uh, it's up on YouTube. And what we're going to be doing uh, right after we uh, we finish these uh, last couple of questions with Peter is we're going to be doing a deep dive into the discography. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to be checking out uh, a bunch of your discography, just uh, just listening to it on stream and and uh, letting people uh, kind of see the the arc of everything. Um, so I'm yeah. very, very excited to, to have that happen as well. Um, yeah, cool. We have some questions from uh, from the tribe, from from the people in the chat right now. Um, mm -hmm. The very first one is from Jake E. He asks, uh, who's your favorite pyrotechnician apart from David Wallen? Jake E was also on the podcast. Uh, Jake from Syrah, obviously. And uh, okay. uh, Oh, I... I don't have too much experience of the pyro. The only experience I have is, of course, with uh, Rammstein and Kiss. So I don't know. I I really don't know. Whoever presses on both these bands, they do a pretty good job. <laughs> those are the guys. <laughs> All right. Those um, are the guys. Those are the guys. Um, yeah. Tristan is asking, uh, what was it like working with Children of Bodom? Rest in peace, Alexi Lejo. It was great. I mean, me and Alexi, we've been friends for a long time. We took them to uh, the first tour they ever did in 98, I think. And uh, till today, I mean, like before he passed, he said, like, this is always going to be my favorite tour. 
because it was so new for them and we took care of them and we had a great time. And I mean, I did also, uh, you know, not, not only uh, follow the Reaper, but also um, uh, Blood Drunk, but only mm -hmm. vocals for Blood Drunk. And uh, <laughs> we had such a great time. It was insane. I mean, during the day they were working in the studio I don't know, mixing or something like that. During the night, me and Alexi, we got drunk and then we started with vocals. And sometimes we came back the next day, we listened to the stuff and we're like, holy shit, it sounds good. But, you know, we couldn't remember the whole session through every day. And we did that for like, I don't know, a week or something like that. And then we were like, okay, we have one song left to do. Okay, so let's do this. And we checked it out and we already put on vocals and we were like, what? We couldn't even remember. So you, you, I mean, you partied it, into the vocal take. Oh yeah, and it was just me and him just talking shit. And I mean, afterwards, uh, that as well. You know, uh, if I play in, in Helsinki, he shows up, or sometimes I just fly over there and we just hang and just talk shit. So yeah. uh, it was great. Uh, it's too sad, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have speaking of the, the of the, the partying days. I think this is uh, this might be a deep dive question from uh, from Belfagor. Uh, this yep. uh, this seems like it's a party question. Does Peter still drink Listerine? Not sure. <laughs> yeah, there was some crazy commercial someone was doing with this Listerine shit. Um, <laughs> if I don't have to, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was yes, I was very drunk, and someone just pulled up a Listerine. Um, bottle in my face and they were filming so yeah there you go that's how it <laughs> happened okay i was yeah. wondering where that came from but um yeah i thought i thought it might be one of those deep dives that they know something that uh, that a lot of people might not know yet um, yeah, yeah. no I, I think it was more like an inside joke uh from uh, the old owner of nuclear blast marcus he was possessed by listering stuff and he was doing his own commercials <laughs> he was crazy i mean like i don't know 50 or 100 commercials but they never wanted them but he had a fixed idea with this shit, you know and he tried with me as well then so it's yeah. crazy <laughs> well there you go belfogor i don't think you uh you could find a, a clearer answer than than from the man nope. himself and i don't uh, think i ever answered it <laughs> yeah, exactly um the very uh, very last question from the tribe is uh, from blast of cobra any bands you would like to work with in the future uh not really <laughs> i have no idea right now my, my mind is blank i don't know uh, maybe it would be good to give metallica a good sound <laughs> no i i don't know i have no idea i mean it these things i never planned in my past either so sometimes you get an email or a phone call and then you go okay that's a good idea yeah. And you do it. Or if you have something else booked in at the same time, you know, it, that happens as well. There you go, guys. And um, the very, very last question, Peter. I know everyone everyone tries to end on on what's on the future and, and what's going on, mm -hmm. uh, what's going to happen in the future. But I like to end the, with, with, uh, with a time machine question. Um, All right. If you had a time machine and you mm -hmm. were able to go back in time before pain, Lindemann, hypocrisy, before the tours, before the uh, Abyss Studio... And uh, talk talk to young Peter. Uh, just uh, just give him uh, either a piece of advice, let him know something from the experience that you've had uh, throughout the years. What would you uh, What would you tell young you? I would say, if you're gonna sign anything, get a lawyer. 
That's what I would first say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, solid advice. Yeah. And things like, oh, but this guy is cool. He's really great. Yeah, but you have no fucking clue what an asshole he is. Ah, yeah. okay. So that will be the next thing. And uh, I mean, for me, I, I know I did a lot of mistakes, especially business wise. You know, I mean, nothing major, billions and billions, but, you know, I did some stupid shit and um, now trying to get it back in one way or another. And it seems to work. But uh, yeah, I would definitely advise myself to have a good lawyer, you know, yeah. and pay him once or twice, you know, when they do something for you. Uh, because it's worth every penny. So anyone who's going to sign shit or something, try to find a, a, a lawyer. But a lawyer who works with music. Yeah. You know, not not a divorce lawyer or whatever. You know, you have to have someone that knows the business. We've definitely had this uh, this discussion on the podcast before, and there's a ton of uh, of musicians in the chat right now uh, from cool. all over the world, up and coming bands to established bands to band managers. I see Julian in the chat. Um, you guys, <laughs> this is solid advice. You guys definitely yeah. uh, need, to, will, uh, need to get a lawyer. You will be sorry. You will be sorry if you didn't. Seriously. It will cost you maybe $500 or maybe 1000 if it gets a little bit weird. But that you will definitely have back. Yeah. And and to end it on a, on a bit of a, a higher note, um, when are we going to mm -hmm. hear uh, some, uh, some of the new hypocrisy and, and new pain stuff? When's that? When's that gonna happen? Can we, uh, can we still, sneak anything? I would say, um, for me, it's like we're still waiting for Nuclear Blast. The the album yep. is delivered a long time ago, not a long time ago, but three, three, four months ago, and uh, I think the first single will come out end of August. That's Amazing. pretty much uh, as much as I know right now. Yeah. And uh, the album for sure before you know, before this year is ended. So somewhere in November, I would say. So, uh, uh, and it's going to kick your ass. It sounds Hell hypocrisy. yeah. Hell no. yeah. Absolutely. Dude, Peter, thank you so much for your time. It's, uh, no it's been an absolute pleasure. You're, you're legendary. You've been, uh, this side of the world has been fans uh, for, uh, for a very long time. Woo! And thank you. Uh, having you, uh, you know, uh, not only come to the, uh, to the Middle East to play shows, but on this podcast yeah. and, and having, having the time to sit down and talk has is, is been absolutely amazing. Yeah, hey, actually, I, I was in Dubai in October just to hang out for a week because I liked it so much. So we went there for a vacation. So, oh, dude, if you're back here, we're doing the, we're doing a podcast in life and <laughs> real person. We can do that, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this, is, uh, this has been awesome. Be back with, yeah, I just hope we can be back with pain next time and then maybe come back again with hypocrisy. So, you guys, it, you it's got, all up to the, your promoter. Talk yeah, Jabber's in the <laughs> chat right now. Jabber, you uh, you know what to do, my friend. You know how to get it yeah. done. Oh, he knows. We were always in contact. But now with this stupid COVID shit, you know, it's not yeah. easy to plan anything. So we're on it. Absolutely. Well, dude, thank you so much. Chat, stick around. We're going to be doing a deep dive into into all things, Peter. Did I, did I say it right? Did I, did, I say, did I nail the last name? Tactigran. 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 Yeah, perfect. Cool, because I, I suffer from a, a horrible last name too, so I'm always curious if I hey, get it right. I, I tell you, even Swedish people, like when they try to pronounce my last name, they go like, Mr. Peter, and then they go, so it's kind of weird name, to be honest, in Sweden as well. So I don't know where the hell it comes from, but it comes from somewhere. 
it's, it's unique and uh, and we all know it that's for sure um yeah it's uh it's tradition around here peter to uh, to have the guest officially end the episode so uh, so right. whenever you're ready if you could just say hit the word uh, hit sorry, if you could say the <laughs> words hit yeah. the outro uh for us to to officially end the show yeah all right people thank you very much for checking this out and hope to see you everywhere i don't know middle east dark side of the moon anywhere all right hit the outro right out.